Well, welcome everybody to Marketing Management and Money here with Ryan Murray. Ethan Migliori. So, um, I have a uh, live training coming up and they asked me, uh, it, it, it's going to be primarily customer service. Um, I actually end up doing a lot of, a lot of customer service trainings. A lot of customers. <laughs> Apparently, people are just jerks to people because everyone's like, please teach us how to be. I'm like, I don't know that I should be telling you how to be nice. Well, you know what's crazy about it is you would think at some level customer service would just be inherent as humans, but it's not. So that's uh, okay. Let me, let me, let me, let me share what we're going to talk about today. And then I'm going to, I'm going to comment on that. So, uh, I decided that I wanted to touch on a couple things that I'm going to do in the training. Um, and one of the big things that I'm going to talk about is why is it that we all know how we want to be treated, but yet we all can say that we've had bad customer experiences, <laughs> you know, multiple bad customer yeah. experiences. And, and so what's the disconnect between how we want to be treated and how we treat others? And I'm like, well, it kind of boils down to a little bit of a selfish nature. You know, as a human being, I know what I want and I want you to give me everything that I want. But then if I have to turn around and reciprocate, I want to reciprocate at the minimum level, <laughs> you know, because well, and that's exactly the point that you need to understand that in customer service. Yeah. And so I, I'm going to do this game in the uh, in the class. So I'm going to give uh, I'm going to bring someone up and just say, hey, I need a volunteer. Right. And I, I'm going to have them come up, and I'm going to pull out a $20 bill. And I'm going to give them that $20 bill. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to be like, thank you. And then just have them go sit down. And, and I will tell them, I'll be like, there's more to that, but there you go, there's $20. And I'll kind of sit there, and I'm going to let kind of the, uh, the psychology mess with them for a second. Because, like, what's he expecting? You know, like, what do I have to do with this? Is it really mine? Because, yeah. I mean, if yeah. someone in front of an audience gives right. you $20. Are you going to really take it back? Just yeah. use me as an example. Yeah. So then what I'm going to do is after a little while, I'm going to be like, hey, you got 20 bucks for me, right? Yeah. I just gave it to you, right? Yeah. Do you want to give that to anyone else? Ooh. Ouch. What do you think they're going to do? No. They're going to they're going to keep it. Yeah. And I'm going to be like, "Okay. You know, that's fine." And then I'll go through the presentation, I'll do a little bit more. And then I'll pause and I'll be like, "Okay, I want to go back to this $20 bill example. I gave him $20. He's now up $20. And I asked him if he wanted to give it to anyone else. He said no. He wants to keep it for himself. Isn't that customer service? Isn't it that we all want to receive the 20 yeah. bucks? But when it's like, hey, you could make that person's day, right? You know, so I'm gonna I'm gonna play with that and see if it works in the training. You know, I want to be a fly on the wall. If if they uh, if they do give it to someone else, then I'll just you know see how far it see how far it goes. <laughs> you know, and, and then I'll mm-hmm. I'll just talk about customer service. I'm like customer service is like giving this twenty bucks. You know, when you give something to someone, and the funny thing is, so in prepping for this, it's weird because in my mind, I had this thought, I'm getting paid for this training, uh, and I'm actually getting paid really well, you know, like uh, when I when I do live trainings, I do my full fee, and you know, it's, I get paid really well, so 20 bucks is not a big deal, right? And I had this thought, I'm like, should I add on $20 to my bill? And I wanted to just slap myself. 
So I'm like, what am I doing? And it's human nature because it was like, well, that's my $20. You know, uh, it's their, this is their training. And I'm like, no, I, if I wanted to add on 20 bucks, I should have added it on when I first, you know, bid out the training that's for right. them. Uh, but like I'm making enough that it more than covers 20 bucks. Like it's, right. it's not even, not even factored in. But yet, for some reason, in my mind, I'm like, oh, I have to give away $20. And so, funny, <laughs> the stupid psychology. Well, and that's, and that's what I loved when you <clears throat> brought up this topic. Is the psychology of it is just uh, fascinating. Mm. Because you don't, until you actually have this conversation or you do a training like this where you have this conversation, you don't understand that customer service has so much psychology tied to it yeah. and emotions tied to it that that's where we get ourselves in trouble. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and so so that's going to be the play that I'm going to do on this training. Um, but I want to pull something else in. So I get this a lot when people ask for trainings. They, they like to bundle them. And mm. personally, I disagree with bundling it. I get in their mind. They're like, well, I've got everyone together and, uh, you know, yeah already doing a training so you know so they want to put in a bunch of uh etiquette dress etiquette phone etiquette uh you know makes sense with customer service though to me it doesn't okay i i want to hear your side why, why are you saying that makes sense no you tell me why it doesn't make sense because i'm well okay i'll tell you why i think it makes sense because customer service is like marketing it's everything that you do okay right so if if customer service, everything that I do is tied to customer service, then that means that um, the way I dress, how I answer a phone, how I have conversations, how I greet somebody is all tied into that customer service. Okay. So here's where I'm disagreeing with it. If you talk about uh, dress, so, and this is how I'm going to put it in the training, right? Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, what is the first consideration when you look at business dress. Uh, uh, I'm going to put you on the spot. Okay. What, what is the first consideration when you look at business dress? What, whatever business that is, right? You know, don't, don't just think of the business okay. that you're in. This so, is, so, so, so I'm, I'm presenting to an audience, there'll be about 150 people there. So it's going to be a broad audience, okay? So business dress determined by the environment of the business. Okay. So what, uh, what, what, should I, what, what should I factor in first? If I'm a manager and I'm going to put together some sort of, I mean, doesn't every company have a uniform? Even if their uniform is like, we're <coughs> chill here, wear whatever yes. you want. That's yeah. still a uniform. That's right. Because you, the second you say, wear whatever you want, no one's showing up in a three-piece suit. Right? That's right. You know, they're now in shorts and Hawaiian shirts. Right. And everyone is kind of dressed. There, there, there's a range of what's acceptable. You know, if you're going to have required polos with the brand right here, right. you know, that becomes the uniform. If you're going to have, you know, the uh, scrubs is going right. to be your uniform. Like, there, there's, you know, there's kind of a, a I, standard. I agree with that. You know, and uh, so... What do you, what do you, what do you, what do you, in your mind, what would be the, the first consideration of, of how to set up that standard? Oh my. I'm, I'm the manager, you know, whether, whether I put it in employee handbook or whether I just 
you know, make it part of the culture or whether I let the uh, subculture dictate it? That's an interesting question. <laughs> I've had more time to think about it than you because I have been prepping on this. Uh, I like the culture, but it only takes one person in a management position to destroy that culture. True. And at the same time, though, if you put it in a handbook, are you going to enforce it? Because if you're not going to enforce it, it doesn't do any good to have it in a handbook. Um, and if you do put in a, a written dress code, because I think there's cases for when there should or shouldn't be a dress code. Um, yeah. Because certain environments, meaning if I'm on a manufacturing line, uh, steel-toed boots might be part of that dress code. I can't have you in flip-flops there, mm-hmm. right? So uh, I think there are some standards, but it doesn't also necessarily mean that um, it, because I'm in a management position, I should have a suit and a tie on every day. It very much depends. Yeah. You know, I a lot of people, if they sell a certain uh, product, they're going to look the that, part. That's right. You know, I well, mean, if I sell outdoor gear, I shouldn't show up in a suit and tie. I should show up in, you know, like hiking shorts and, uh, you know, and like a jacket. Well, see, and that's interesting because I just watched, unbeknownst to this conversation, uh, a documentary. And there was an attorney that was uh, helping some, uh, they were... They were a minority status, but I don't remember the exact reason why, because I just remember him in a comment that he made. That's what stuck out about it, because he was dressed really, really casual. Yeah. Okay. And the attorney was? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Like T-shirt. Yeah. Casual, right? Um, Not even polo or a button-up shirt that's not tucked in casual. Okay. He was in a T-shirt. And they said, but don't you think people aren't going to take you serious? You know, the way you're dressed? He says, you don't understand the clientele that I work with. Don't, if I can't be at their level and relate to them, I can't get to the root of the problem to help them fix it. So <laughs> I had a flashback. I don't know if you're going to remember this. We had just met. Well, okay. I, I take that back. We actually had met uh, a couple times previously, but we were working together just met. So we, um, we were actually, you were introducing me to some businesses for some business consulting. And I showed up in a suit and tie. I don't know if you remember this. Mm-hmm. So I show up in a suit and tie and we're driving down <laughs> You look at me and you're like, all right, take the jacket off right now. <laughs> like, and honestly, at least undo the tie, but probably take that off too. I, I can believe it. And, and you were adamant. And I, and I said, I'm like, well, I, you know, I want to make a good impression. And you're like, you're making the wrong impression. You're going to come in so stiff. No one's going to listen to you at this company. Yeah. And, and you, you had me go casual right then and there. Uh, before we ever went in, so you know, kind of, kind of what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, I'm not, I, I'm not surprised because I, well, you know, because different clientele that I work with. Meaning, you know, if I'm going to go to a construction site, I'm not wearing a suit. Yeah, right. Yeah. I'm going to wear something a little bit more casual, but 
but to kind of still say, look, I'm, I'm here for other reasons. I'm not a construction worker, but, yeah. but I'm going to dress a lot more casual. But if I'm going into uh, a formal meeting, I, I may be in a suit and tie. Yeah. Well, so the, this but most uh, people don't have that filter, which is weird. Arguably, using your example, you didn't have that filter. Well, I actually came from a different environment because uh, the business consulting that I had been doing previous to working with you, uh, suit and tie was kind of expected. And, uh, you know, the type of clients, it was more of an urban area. And the type of clients that I was working with, I spent all my time in office space. And so, you know, I would go into these office meetings and, uh, you know, that, that's where, uh, the majority, I don't know what percentage, but you know, I'm going to say 60 or 70% of my meetings were in office space. So I started working with you and it was very much on site type work. Uh, it was dealing with, you know, construction, yeah. agriculture, uh, you know, machining, manufacturing, yeah. and it was a very different environment. Uh, the ironic thing was, is I actually, um, when I started working with uh, the clients you were introducing me to, I met more millionaires in <laughs> agriculture, yeah. machining, manufacturing, like guys just gruff, you know, yeah. big old beards and a ball cap and, and they're spitting rich. their chew. <laughs> <laughs> and they were so much richer <laughs> than the people that, you know, we were up on the 20th floor of the high rise suit and tie PowerPoint, you know, and it was very, very interesting. That, the, that opened that, my eyes. But that brings up a good point about customer service. And that is don't ever judge by the cover. Yeah. Right. Because we make that mistake all the time in customer service. Right. The guy who comes in, especially if you're in retail or, you know, like a food industry, someone comes in with the suit and the tie. All right. Is he going to be stuck up or say, oh, I'm going to treat him better because he'll tip me better. Yeah. Right. And yet he could have been the one who just happened to be coming from a funeral and was dressed up. Yeah. Well, opening chapter, I'm pretty sure it's the first chapter of Millionaire Next Door. Uh, really does an excellent job because it's an actual thing that happened. It's a real case study of what happened. And it really does an excellent job of what you're talking about, spelling out that scenario uh, where they were trying to interview millionaires and they had this, you know, vision in their mind of what a millionaire would, you know, do and want. And, uh, and they, they were completely off base. And uh, so that's, good read. Okay. So I want to jump back because I did ask a question. I made you answer it. I never actually answered it. So I'm going to answer it now. Um, In the presentation that I'm going to give, I'm going to tell them the first consideration is health and safety. So if if you are looking at a uniform for your company, and here's the funny thing, there's a lot of industries that are required. You mentioned, you Mm -hmm. know, the steel toed boots. But there's a lot that aren't required that still have a level of health and safety. Right. And, you know, as, as managers, you need to be aware of what some of those unintended, you know, unintended consequences are. So, uh, for example, uh, my brother's a manager in a uh, piano bar, and it's a very popular piano bar. And his number one safety concern is for the cocktail waitresses. And so as a manager, now, if you're talking about uniform, think about this. A cocktail waitress has a uniform, and you get a bunch of drunk guys 
that's a health risk, a safety risk for those girls. And so their uniform needs to be, you know, it, 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 and I'll, I'll, I'll talk, point number two is on brand, right? So their uniform needs to be on brand, but it also needs to be something that they feel safe in. You know, if right. ever, right. you know, if ever these guys are coming, if they're in like some ridiculous heels that they can't walk in, right. you know, you got, you got a safety issue right there. And, and so, yeah, we always think about the traditional safety glasses, steel-toed boots, things of that nature. But I'm like, okay, protection from the sun, uh, noise protection, uh, you know, yeah. that uh, people forget about this stuff. Ability, you know, freedom of movement so that I can do well, my that, job. That's what I would always say, practicality. You know. The dress code has to have practicality. Yeah, so. <clears throat> Meaning, I like I have a, a guy I know that, sit on a board with, um, has some ties to the automobile industry. And every once in a while, because of that, um, he'll come in a, in a white shirt, but you know, he's been coming from that industry and I always shake my head. I'm like, I get the idea that you want to show the white, the cleanliness, the the professionalism between it. You know, we're going to, we're not going to sit in your vehicle with dirty clothes on and things like that. But at the same time, I'm like, Man, is that really practical? Yeah, yeah, and uh, but but that goes to your branding of the image that they're trying to share as well, so, right? So so that that's my my number two consideration. So the first consideration is health and safety. You know, make sure that your employees are taken care of, uh, whether that's regulated or not regulated, um, and think through some you know potential issues, right? Uh, but then the number two consideration should always be brand image, and. You know, there's the obvious brand image where, you know, and I don't know, I haven't been in a Target store for a long time. Are they still brown slacks and red polos? I haven't been in one for a long time either. Okay. Most most Target, Walmart. Well, well Target really had uh, an iconic look. Walmart, yeah. not so much. That's you know, true. Walmart would Shields, have a vest on. Shields does. Yeah, there's a lot of these places that have a very iconic look, and you see that in retail. You know, retail is very typical for an iconic look. Um, But, you know, and I'm going to go back to this cocktail waitress. Like, people coming there expect to have a certain level of entertainment, and that, you know, there's a costume now, and Mm -hmm. all of the waitresses have a look, all of the managers have a look, and you expect that. You know, you, you, you expect, and, and that's, <laughs> sorry, as you say, it's funny because I was standing in a retail store recently and I, w- I was in more of my business dress um, and I was standing there looking at all the products, deciding, okay, look, I, I'm not finding what I'm looking for, right? And, I, and I'm standing there, my hands are just kind of resting behind my back as I'm standing there staring at it. Da, 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 da. And someone walks up to me and says, Oh, I can see you work here. Can you tell me where to find? Because that was the image. You were the brand. That's right. I portrayed an image that they would expect to see of someone who would work there, Uh right? And I just kind of smiled. And and funny enough, I happened to know where it was. (laughs) That's the funny part. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it's over there. I don't remember the aisle, but if you go past this, you'll find it, right? Thank you, thank you, and off they went. And as they went, I did that. I just kind of chuckled to myself because that's interesting that, that if you dress a certain way or you create a brand, you go into some other places and you can be mistaken because that's what people think of when they go there. 
So I just got back from the World of Concrete trade show. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> there's such a look at trade shows, <laughs> you know. Like, um, and, and, and it's funny because uh, so uh, with, uh, with, with what I do, um, I oversee the sales and marketing for a company called Dustless Technologies, and this is a big show for them. And now we're going to gear up to do that same trade show uh, in Paris coming up in April, right? And we had this brand look that we wanted for this trade show, but now we're deciding, we're like, do we want the same brand look because we're going to be in a different environment? And, and so when you're looking at brand, you want to say, okay, not only what does my brand look like, but what does my brand look like uh, across different environments? You know, if you have different regional locations, um, and there's a brand look of, you know, positions, hierarchy in the company right. where, uh, you know, you kind of want to have that. And, and you should be intentional about it. Even if you're a casual culture and you're like, do whatever you want to do. Right. Uh, no, it's not whatever you want to do. It's like, hey, whatever you want to do, but, you know, make sure that it's a nice pair of jeans. And, uh, you know, if you're going to wear a T-shirt, I don't want any loud designs on it. Or like still put some parameters because you can protect your brand with your employees as much as you would with any packaging, with any online presence, right. you know, with the marketing, it's everything you do, it, yeah. including what your employees do. And, 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 and so, dress. you know, take your product, have your employee hold your product. And if they're ever customer facing, look at that employee and say, okay, that's an extension of the package. That's right. Does it match the package? And if it doesn't, put something in place that does match the package. And, uh, you know, and, and so even if they're not uh, forward-facing, like, think about this. Do you provide tours of your facility? Do people come in and meet the team? Um, you know, so I was working with a company that was doing a massive overhaul on their website. And prior to engaging, they actually wanted to tour the uh, space of the uh, of the software company that they were considering and you know you would think oh, it's a bunch of cubicles why do you care to tour that space their rationale was they said i want to see how big the company really is because so many software companies are just you know some guy out of college down in his basement yeah. He's like, I, I want a company. I want a company that has employees. I want to see, you know, the, that they're legit, that, that the space is actually, a, you know, an office, a viable office space. And, you know, and so they did. They walked through. And all they saw was cubicles, but they're like, okay, I, I actually saw how many employees they have. I could gauge the size of the company. Yeah. So I knew that they weren't going to shut down, you know, because they didn't want to get in a situation where, their website shuts down because this person now, oh, sorry, I'm engaged, so I'm shutting down my business. <laughs> and you chuckle, but it's true. <laughs> right, that's why I laugh, because it's true. You I've know? seen it happen. Yeah. So, uh, so, so think about that where are you going to have people coming in and, you know, are there certain things? Are you going to allow them to put any poster they want on their cubicle? Yeah. You know, like, is that part of your brand? Well, that also goes back, you know, because you, you, part of this, what you need to touch on or you are touching on, sorry, is etiquette. Yeah. Right? And so when you get to those finer pieces, I think that gets not necessarily brand as much as it does the 
etiquette of customer service and the etiquette of brand development and the etiquette of of what the image we want to portray. Yeah. Well, so that kind of, uh, I mean, maybe it leads into, maybe I'm pulling it into, but my third point would be the the person. Uh, so, you know, your first consideration is health and safety. Second consideration is, is the uniform on brand. And then the third consideration is the individuality of the person, you know, allowing right. that person to be who they are. And I know you're talking about the etiquette, but again, if you're stifling people too much, then they won't I, stay. I've seen people quit jobs over dress code, yeah. you know, and, and you got to decide is, is that, and, and sometimes it makes sense. Sometimes you're like, no, this is an important standard for our company. Well, and that's, this is an interesting subject in and of itself because I've seen uh, kind of this weird shift on dress code to include uh, body ink tattoos. Yeah, you know that we don't Whether care if it's you have or not. Yeah, but we don't want them to be seen, right? Mm-hmm. Or we don't care if they're seen, and we appreciate you sharing it. But that's been an interesting one that's kind of been rippling through the business world right now. Is is what level of body work are we going to tolerate? You know that our employees have because that obviously is never going to go away because it's just a huge fad right now. And I don't see I'm going to say deeper than fad, yeah, you know, it's, yeah, you're probably, it's well ingrained. And I just say, I don't see it going away. There's too many people that use it as a way to express themselves. Right. And that's as long as that exists, then, then tattoos will exist because it's a way of connecting with a side of me that I may not know how. Well, Okay, so I'm going to take that tattoo and I'm going to go a little bit further and say that social media introduced a new element to this whole discussion that wasn't there pre-social media. And that is, so, you know, I want to get some cool tats, right? But a lot of people put tats on some pretty interesting body parts. (laughs) And then they want to show it off on social media. And, (laughs) you know... Is that something that your company cares about or doesn't care about? Are you, you know, uh, and, and, you know, we're picking on tattoos right now, but you could go with anything. You could say, okay, what type of behavior is allowed on your social media? Um, And there are some people that are like, it's personal. You do whatever you want. There are other businesses that say you're still an extension of the company, you know, I've seen this with LinkedIn a lot right. where people want to have a professional LinkedIn and they say, okay, you know, your LinkedIn needs to stay professional. Other social media platforms, you're free to do what you want. I know people that have interviewed for jobs. The company has, you know, checked them out on social media, denied the job to the employee because of what they've seen on yes. social media. Yes. Happens a lot, you know. And so, so yeah, when you're talking about dress code, um, and, and I love the fact that you brought up tattoos because we don't think of that as dress, you know, and you can do the same thing with piercings, hairstyles, right, um, right. you know, anything that see dress to me is everything that affects the physical appearance. Yeah. You know, and, and so, um, you know, as a company, you should probably establish what your, you know, individuality limitations or expectations are, uh, if you don't care, you should be open that you don't care. 
But if you do care, you know, and there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, tattoos need to be covered up, uh, you know, excessive piercings need to be taken out while you're working. Um, and then you get, I mean, this gets dicey. But, but I also tell most people, look, don't, don't die on that sword because there's a lot of things that are just common enough nowadays. We don't think anything about mm. it. You know, when I see a, a lip or a nose piercing, I don't hardly even think about it. When, right. I, when I first saw it 10, 15 years ago when they started showing up. A little shocking. I, I was always like, oh, that had to hurt. What were you thinking? Okay, It wasn't, <laughs> what did you do to your face? It was always, ow, that hurt. <coughs> what were you thinking? Because there's no way, you know. Um, but it's just common enough now that... Uh, I always counsel people, look, don't don't die on that sword. Um, I think there's a point when it could become excessive, you know what I mean? Because I have seen things that I would classify as excessive, even though maybe they wouldn't. Well, uh, but it's it's okay. Well, matter of fact, the, and, and a good point that you make is that there are, there are professional athletes who have uh, body piercings, but uh, a lot of those sports say you can't have certain things on when you play. Right. Matter of fact, I don't. Uh, I think in the NBA, you're not even allowed to wear rings while you play, and even a wedding ring. And I think that's that, which really is interesting. You know, that's really where you need, don't make an individual standard based on your personal preferences. I, I see this a yeah. lot where people who are very conservative are just like, I would never hire someone like that. I'm just like, why? You know, like, like drop your preconceived notions, right. drop your prejudices. Um, but... It's okay to have standards in place, but make them business standards and yeah. and just say, okay, you know, if ever you are customer facing, I, you know, like we do have a dress code. This is the dress code, um, you know, and, and make it just a dress code. Don't don't try and isolate, you know, if, if you don't particularly care for a certain fashion or a trend, you know, don't isolate that. But, you know, if... If, if there are things that are important to you, make them very, very clear up front, you know, which kind of brings me. So this would be my fourth and final that I'm going to talk about in the training uh, is trends, market trends or uh, human trends, whatever you want to call them. Um, as as businesses, you need to be open and acknowledge that there are trends that will shift. Right. Uh, you know, I mean, back in the day, if you worked at IBM, it was a, you know, either <laughs> what a, a, a navy blue or gray yeah. suit, white shirt, conservative tie. That was it, right. you know. And, and there were other companies that... Well, and I, and I think of the, I call it the Dallas trend. Okay. So, yeah, I don't know if you remember the TV show Dallas. <laughs> So I know of oh, it. I didn't really watch and, and it. It's not that it was bad, but there was a there was a time when everyone wore blue jeans, cowboy boots, and a corduroy jacket, right? Okay. Right? And but you don't see that much too much anymore. It's you still occasionally see someone like that one, but but that was a huge trend in the business world. Everyone came in and had that look for a while. Mm -hmm. It was a trend. So um yeah, I, the Dallas trend. <laughs> well, and I look at what is business casual. No one knows what business casual That's is right. anymore. Business casual used to be slacks buttoned down and a jacket. That's right. And that was pretty clearly defined. But now a jacket's not included in it at all. Yeah. You know, I mean, jacket's actually formal. Yeah. And, and honestly, for me, I was a little bit like, no, why are we going so casual? And it, does it matter? 
you know. Yeah. Well, that's and I think that comment right there is super important. Does it really matter, <laughs> right? You know, and and I think if you have a look that you're going for. Um, so when we were down at this trade show, uh, we went out to it's a restaurant called Lowry's Prime Rib, uh, established in the 1930s. And so when you walk in, man, you step back in time. Yeah. And so everyone there, their uniform is very much a 1930s uniform. And, you know, I kind of feel bad for the waitresses because it's a little bit ridiculous. But for the ambiance, it was fun. But for the consumer, yeah, it's a great experience. And so and it, it makes sense. It, it, it wasn't selective. There weren't some waitresses that were forced to wear this and other yeah. waitresses that could you know pick and choose what they want. It was very consistent. And it's like, look, this is our company standard. Okay. So let's, I want to ask this question because you know this is going to come up. So, and we'll use the example you're just talking about where I have to dress 1930s, whether that's a, a, a gentleman or a lady. Yeah. Um, at what level do you think it's the responsibility of the company to help offset the cost of that uniform where it's so specific? Oh, whether that, me, whether that be a, a mechanic because they tend to have uniforms or whether it's a restaurant, something like that, that at what level does a, does a business have an obligation to either provide it or provide some assistance? So, so to me, that's a cut and dry. And it's can you wear it in every day and will you wear it in every day? So... Mm-hmm. If, you know, if my company has a standard that it's jeans and a collared shirt, whether it's button down or polo, I don't care. That's the standard. I have zero obligation to require because it's very accepted. Everyone in the United States owns a pair of jeans and a collared shirt. I mean, you could get into the rare exception where there's a homeless person who is trying to come back into the workforce. And, you know, I mean, this is like a bridges out of poverty. Excellent book, by the way, if you really want to get into it. Uh, I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about the rare exception. I'm talking about someone coming to work. And even I would argue that if you, uh, you know, if... if logo polo. Logoed polo is the obligation of the company because I'm putting the polo, you know, I'm putting the logo on it and I, I still can wear that in public, but do I want to, to wear that, you know, and typically you see people, if they came straight from work to an engagement, they right. might not have had a chance to change and it's still a collared shirt and so I can go to a restaurant wearing it, but I'm not going to put it on because I think it's cool, you know, and, yeah. and so... So, yeah, that's that's the obligation of the company. Um, you know, so let's look at a suit. If I am going to say you need to have a suit for high-end meetings, like that will happen on occasion, I could say that's just on you to get a suit because you can still wear a suit for funerals, weddings, church, you know, whatever. Um, but if I'm going to say suit and tie every single day, because people aren't wearing a suit and tie every single day, I think there should be a clothing allowance. I think there should be, you know, something and a suit is something, I mean, you can buy a a $200 suit or a $5,000 suit. So I'm putting a clothing allowance on. I'm not buying, you know, polos. Okay. They're going to range from 20 bucks to maybe high end 80 bucks. Maybe, you know, I'm getting a nice polo for 50 bucks, you know, so I can go out and just buy those. But 
You know, a suit, too much variation, clothing allowance. Uh, PPE, personal protection equipment. Company. Agree. Yeah, anything, anything health and safety is the company. Yeah, I agree. You know, so, so yeah, but, uh, and I don't know. Okay, let me, let me, let me throw one to you. What do you think about companies that are constantly giving out their apparel? Like every single quarter you're getting a new shirt or a jacket or... Um, I So my preference, I, I don't like it when they just give me whatever they're going to give me, right? I don't either. <laughs> because my attitude is always, if you give me an option, I'll probably pick something I'm more likely to wear and to enjoy, yeah. right? Yeah. Because... If you're giving me a jacket and I already have three or four different jackets, I'm never going to wear the jacket. Yeah. Or I'm only going to wear it on occasions just to say. Show I'm wearing it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Versus I mean, versus other clothing, you know, uh, would be nice. So I'm always, if you're going to actually do something like that one, give a little bit of an option. It might cost you a few more pennies in the long run, but the diversity, people will appreciate the fact that they're, they're going to get – something that they can enjoy and they're going to wear versus I, I, here's your shirt at every annual meeting. Right? Yeah. Well, and I think sizes, small, medium, large. Oh my gosh. People aren't small, medium and large, you know, yeah, well, I'm, well, I'm, I'm tall and skinny, you know? And so I well, like to have a certain fit. And that's what, and that's what I like. Cause I, I've seen it and I've experienced it a few times in my life where they say, Hey, look, we're going to buy something to say thank you. Here's your options, jacket, shirt, button down, you know, a variety of shirts for whatever reason. So tell us which one you prefer and what size you would like. Yeah. I don't have to guess anymore. I If I make the mistake, I can't hold them accountable because I, great, I got, they gave me a large and it fits or it doesn't fit. You know what I mean? Yeah. So when I have some saying to that, it doesn't quite fit right. I'm just like, ah, oh, darn it. I got that wrong. Yeah. So I think we're going to button this up because we're starting to get off on some like personal tangents. <laughs> uh, and surprisingly, uh, I, didn't, I didn't realize we were going to talk so much about, you know, like dress, but I think that's important. And, you know, it's one of those things that if you don't think about it, the subculture will take over. That's right. And I've seen so many, uh, you know, owners that are frustrated with the subculture. And I'm like, well, that's because... You didn't put any intention. Yeah. You know. And if you want to change it, help change it by putting some money on the table. Yeah. Yeah. Put some money. I, okay. I, I know I said I'm going to wrap it up. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to throw one more thought out there. If you do give a bunch of, like, say, T-shirts, and you give them out to all your employees, pay attention not two weeks later. Because what will happen is you give out the T-shirt, everyone's going to wear them right away. And then the next time that, you know, they're going to see the boss, they're going to make sure that they're wearing that T-shirt. And so for like two weeks or a month, T-shirts are going to be trickling. Six months from the time you give out T-shirts, see who's still wearing those T-shirts. Within a month, just start perusing the thrift stores in the area. <laughs> You'll know whether they appreciate it or not. And, and be okay <laughs> with the, You just got some feedback. Take it correctly. <laughs> And don't waste your money and, you know, so anyway. <laughs> well, thank you for tuning in, everybody. Um, that was definitely a different episode, but I think uh, I think a good business topic nonetheless. 
So if you ever have ideas of different episodes that, uh, that you would like to have covered, things that maybe are a little non-traditional, maybe some questions that you have, uh, you can reach out, ryan at marketingmanagementmoney.com. Check us out on Instagram, mmm underscore small biz. Uh, you can uh, see our YouTube channel, Marketing Management Money, or check us out on Jazz June. That is uh, jazzjune.com forward slash mmm. <laughs>